on the tail end of a long weekend, Scotty. It was four days of four consecutive naps for me. I was back at work today and I, I can tell you I suffered by not having a nap in the middle of the day. Obviously, four days is long enough to get used to it. So um, I'm proclaiming episode 154 as dedicated to napping um, okay. and, and also chocolate because I'm not an Easter person, right? We, we don't celebrate Easter in my household. However, what we do do every year religiously is go to the shops the day after Easter and stock up on 50% off bunnies and Easter eggs because, damn, that's good chocolate. <laughs> well, it depends on which chocolate you go for, but um, I like you keeping on theme, Mel. Uh, but can you just stay awake for the remainder of this episode? I know you haven't had a nap today, but let's make episode 154 a nap-free zone. And okay. I've got to be honest with you, I've, I've had enough chocolate. Can we make it a, a chocolate-free zone as well? You've had enough chocolate. Yeah, most people do it the other way around. They buy the chocolate so they can indulge at Easter, not after it's all over. Okay. Well, uh, your, yours is actually makes perfect sense because I have no idea why we have so much chocolate at Easter. I'm not religious. Every year I try and bait the Christians for them to explain Easter to me because I still don't understand it. Where in the Bible does it say anything about eggs or or bunnies? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. I don't understand the whole four days of Easter. What it all stands for? Good Friday to Easter Sunday, okay. and I'm blissfully ignorant. So I'm, I'm I'm happy with that. But I I definitely partake in an Easter egg or two. Okay, and and from what I understand, also I'm I'm assuming it was a bunny outfit. I've seen some fairly incriminating evidence of you just as some sort of furry animal on Sunday at Junior Park Run. don't know what you're talking about. I was a marshal. I went along to Westerfolds Junior, another great morning. Numbers were down a little bit. I think a few of the kids or the parents were partaking in some Easter Sunday celebrations. Do we celebrate? I think we celebrate. Yeah. Easter well, Sunday. I don't know. Maybe the numbers were down because somebody got a preview of what the, the marshals were going to look like on course and didn't think it was going to be safe for children. Yep, no, still no idea what you're talking about now. <laughs> okay. No well, if, if any of our listeners would like to know what I'm talking about, head on over to Westerfolds Junior's Park Run page. Oh, do we even post photos? We don't post photos for Juniors. Hmm. I might just have to share the picture that was shared with right. me then. Carry on. Let's not focus on Sunday. Let's focus on Saturday Park Run. I had a I had a different sort of uh, Saturday um, at Park Run. I attended our first prison based event. And Mel, we've got we we previewed last week that Glenn Turner was going to join us, and I think this week we're going to break with tradition a little bit and let's just jump straight into the interview because it was a big day on Saturday. All right, let's do it. Joining us for the third time on the Parkrun Adventurers podcast, we had him back at the end of 2017. He joined us at the start of this year, and he's back, and he's, we we're talking prisons this week. Um, both Glenn and I attended the prison launch on the weekend, but one thing I want to start off our chat with, Glenn, is at the annual conference last year, you started talking about the prison concept. And you, you spoke that you weren't convinced about the idea when it was first proposed in the UK. Do you want to expand on that, why you weren't convinced at the time? 
when when I was younger, uh, a very close friend of mine was the victim of a uh, violent and life-changing crime, which immediately and I guess profoundly changed the way that I viewed crime and punishment. So I suddenly found myself um, in that lock them up and throw away the key school of thought, I guess, uh, where prison should be like an, an absolute punishment for people. And my view was so clouded by that experience that I found it incredibly difficult to accept the arguments for rehabilitation. Uh, I kept thinking, you know, how could this particular person be rehabilitated and asking should they deserve to be released one day after what they'd done? And every time I read or watched something about prison and prison sentences, I I couldn't seem to separate that particular case um, from the crime that my friend was a victim of. So, so yeah, you're right. When we when we confirmed in the UK um, that we'd be introducing parkrun to prisons, I kind of felt I had, I guess, two choices. The first one was the nuclear option, which is, you know, I just quit in protest. Um, or the sensible option, which was number two, uh, was to start to, I guess, understand why it was that during the six months or so that parkrun in the UK had consulted about starting parkruns in prisons with all types of organisations and government departments and support networks. Um, and all of them had come back and said, yeah, we not only we fully support this idea, uh, but we believe it can have an impact. And as I was working as the comms manager for Parkrun in the UK at that time, uh, I knew I had to be equipped to you know, promote the idea. So I took the opportunity of having access to all of these different experts in the field to speak to as many of them as possible uh, to broaden my own understanding, but also to find a way personally to, to finally put my own prejudices aside and accept that rehabilitation and reintegration is, is one of the cornerstones of our judicial systems. But I guess the real epiphany moment for me was when I was speaking to one of these experts about my friend's experience um, as, as a victim of crime. And, and this person looked at me and she said, well, you know, that's completely normal and all of us have those moments. Um, but she said, you know, we all have to accept that the vast majority of people in prison have made really dumb choices that have really severe consequences. And as a result, prison for most people who go there is a really short period in their life. And, you know, she was absolutely right because when you fast forward to now and you look at how many prisoners who've been introduced to Parkrun whilst in prison have since been released or are coming up to release, uh, it really shows that not only she was right, but also that Parkrun has... I think a significant role to play, not just in rehabilitation, um, but also in people's reintegration as well. Okay, Glenn. So you've had, you know, a very personal experience yourself with uh, a victim of crime, and obviously, you know, there's a lot of people who do park run for an infinite number of reasons. But there will be people out there who have themselves been victims of crime or have also experienced their family or friends being victims. And parkrun for them might be the place that either they go to deal with that 
all that they can treat as a safe space where they don't have to think about that. With having parkrun in prisons and, and potentially the perpetrators of those crimes being able to participate, what do you say to the people who come to parkrun who have been the victims or know the victims? There's no doubt that working with people in prison uh, and helping them to reintegrate into communities uh, and reducing the likelihood of them reoffending again is one of the biggest challenges that society faces, uh, not just because it's a complex issue, but because crime and punishment for a lot of people is, is highly emotive, and, and I know that really well. Um, and, and that challenge exists for all, all organisations that work in the custodial estate um, who deliver education, training, physical activity, and, and all the other elements of the prison-based program. So firstly, I think it's really important to be absolutely clear that we would never trivialise or dismiss anybody's point of view, uh, in particular given that most of those views are born out of really horrific and life-changing personal experiences. Uh, and that's certainly one of the reasons, as I said earlier, that it took us you know, six months of discussions before the first prison event was sanctioned in the UK. Uh, we knew there are people, as you mentioned earlier, for whom Parkrun is a cathartic and therapeutic activity that helps them to cope with the impact that crime has had on their lives. And more broadly, I guess, we were also aware that, that Parkrun had always been predicated on this notion that anybody can access Parkrun events in some capacity. And so hosting park runs in facilities that are closed to the general public would really take us into uncharted territory. Ultimately, however, it was decided that if we're serious about positively influencing everybody in society, then our events need to be accessible to everyone in society, particularly those who are the most vulnerable uh, and those who've potentially got the most to gain, um, not just from you know running and walking and volunteering, um, but also from understanding what Parkrun is and how they can continue to benefit after they're released from prison. And what's equally important, I think, is that, you know, we have to acknowledge and accept that prison is almost always somebody's location, but it's not their destination, which means whatever our own personal views on crime and punishment, and, and despite what we see on the news every night, um, in Australia, we're really lucky that we live in one of the most law-abiding and progressive and civilised and safe societies in history. And inherent in our judicial model is a focus on rehabilitation and reintegration and ultimately trying to reduce the rates of reoffending. So I now feel strongly that it's, it's judges who punish, if we want to use that term, but then it's correctional facilities that ensure people serve their sentence. And whilst they're doing so, everything possible is done to rehabilitate them and prepare them for release. Because the reality is that almost everybody incarcerated in Australian prisons will be released back into society at some point. And so I think, you know, the question all of us need to ask ourselves is, in what condition do we want people released back into the communities in which all of us live? Do we want our neighbours and the people we see at the shops and the people we chat to at Parkrun to be consumers or contributors? And what I mean by that is, do we want people in prison to sit around doing nothing and just killing time until they're released and then coming out 
disillusioned and unskilled and untrained with limited prospects and limited support who are likely to fall back into that negative environment that they were in previously? Or do we want to use prison as an opportunity to engage a captive audience with a really rich and diverse program of activities that empowers and motivates them to gain meaningful skills and training and a sense of purpose and a positive attitude and an appreciation of the importance of a healthy lifestyle, you know, and be equipped with all the tools and the confidence and the mindset, not to just to reintegrate into the community, but also to make a positive contribution. And I've spent quite a lot of time in prisons over the past year or so. Um, Don't use that quote in isolation, by the way, or mum might get worried. But um, but in that time, I've spoken with and, and you know interviewed a lot of prisoners, and and based on those experiences, I I would argue that if people can be equipped to be contributors in the prison community, then that goes a long way towards giving them a chance to be contributors in the communities into which they're released. Uh, not just because they can add value to that society, but because that then reduces the likelihood of people reoffending, and ultimately that means you know safer communities, less victims of crime, and more people making a positive contribution to to all of our communities. Now, I think you and I sit in kind of similar situations, but for different circumstances. So, um, going into this, I had some hesitations and some reservations about the whole concept. And um, one of them for me was that, so we're such a small team with very limited resources and, and very limited funding. Um, why are we investing that into starting these prison-based events? Well, I think what's important is that even though we can't see what takes place in prisons every day, everything that happens in prisons is of public concern. So first of all, the... The physical and, and psychological well-being of people in prison is a public health issue um, and that impacts all of us. So we know that people in prison are more likely to have uh, chronic health conditions, for example. And secondly, when, when people return to the community after serving a prison sentence, they bring with them all of the experiences they've had, both the negative ones and the positive ones. And all of these experiences impact the, not just their lives, but the lives of everybody they interact with, family, friends, work colleagues, people at Park Run, people down the shops, down the street, whatever it is. And so in my mind, Park Run's intervention has a role to play in creating safer communities and down the track, hopefully, um, assisting with reintegration and, and reducing the numbers of people who are victims of crime. So if we think about the challenges that people face when they're reintegrated into society, one of the big ones is in their own mind because it involves being motivated to change their behaviour. And if this is to happen, they've got to be equipped with the necessary skills and also be in an environment that supports positive change. And all of this has to start before a person leaves prison, which means that we've got to be really creative in finding ways to respond to you know, this vast array of complex needs of the people in our prisons. And I think the best analogy I've heard is that it's kind of like a prison program is kind of like being back at school in that not everybody loved every subject, not everybody loved every activity in PE. Um, So it was all about finding something that you were good at, that you were interested in and that you were motivated to to continue. Um, and, And prisons are no different. 
So, you know, don't get me wrong. We need to be realistic here. And, you know, parkrun is not some kind of silver bullet that's suddenly going to empty our prisons and see thousands of prison staff jet-setting around the world on redundancy packages. Um, but, um, but what we do know um, is that parkrun can be part of a broad curriculum that prisoners can access um, because parkrun, I believe, can form part of the solution. Um, and in doing so has, because of the benefits through physical activity and volunteering and confidence and self-awareness, all of that then has a knock-on effect um, to all the other different programs uh, that exist in the prison environment. Alrighty, so Durrangal Prison is now part of Parkrun History in Australia. Can you explain a little bit about the history of the facility itself or, or the actual you know, functions of the facility on an everyday basis? Yeah, so before I went into a prison for the first time a couple of years ago, I I had visions of people in orange jumpsuits and, you know, flickering fluorescent lights. And um, I even had this strange image of, um, you know, Chris Lilly's prison guard character from Angry Boys, Gran? I just had this vision in my head that prison guards would look like that. But unsurprisingly, uh, real-life prison is is somewhat different. Um, so taking Durrangal as an example, um, it's a 400-acre working farm with about 350 prisoners. Uh, the prison group there are the lowest security category um, within the Victorian system, and the prison itself is a transitional facility. So that means that um, this is the last stop for prisoners before they're released back into the community. Uh, it also means that the programs that exist there um, are designed to reflect community standards. So the prisoner group are required to work on site six hours a day, uh, generally Monday to Friday. Um, they've got 170 cows on site that are milked twice a day um, by the prisoners. Uh, the milk that needs to be used on site is pasteurised there and the remaining um, 7,000 litres or so is sent to Tatura Milk, um, which is the local supplier there. Uh, to give an idea of the scale of the operation, um, the value of what they um, produced last year was about a million dollars. Um, so, you know, it is it is a big industry. Uh, the prison group there are also responsible for um, breeding the cattle, growing crops, irrigating paddocks, uh, weeding, fencing, operating heavy machinery. Um, they've got a wooden products factory there. They've got a metal workshop there. And, and prisoners, as well as work, um, they can undertake all of this as part of a formal qualification um, in subjects such as you know, dairy farming, tractor operation, fencing, whatever, um, which is run by TAFE Victoria. And because of that, and because the prison is located in the centre of an agricultural area, um, a lot of prisoners um, go on to work on local farms um, after their release. And in terms of hosting a parkrun, I think what's really fundamental, and it has been right from the beginning, is that you know prison events have to operate as close as possible to the parkrun model. And there's a lot of reasons for that. First of all, our ability to support those events from an operational and a comms point of view um, is really important. Um, it's important for the friends and family of prisoners who take part in Parker in their communities um, that they can share a really, really similar experience with their loved ones who are in prison. Um, it's important for creating a culture for the prisoner group where, where Saturday becomes Parkrun Day, like it is for the rest of us. And there's a real um, recognition that that can continue after they're released. And I think it's also important because 
you know, we know how much the concept of prison park runs capture the imagination of people, um, not just park runners, but, you know, the media and the general public as well. And part of that is because, you know, any closed facility has that element of mystery around it. Um, and the fact that park runs in closed facilities um, add that extra bit of intrigue, I guess. But, you know, the point is that we don't want prison events to be considered any differently to any other park run. And we certainly don't want the prisoners and staff who take part in the events to be, you know, paraded around as some sort of circus. Uh, when you see the people at these events, and, and you'll know this, Scotty, from the weekend, it's obvious that, you know, they're some of the most vulnerable people in our society and they're living in really tough environments. And and it's really, really crucial that we celebrate their successes and their life's changing stories like we would do with anybody else in the parkrun world. Um, but it's about striking that, I guess, the balance of giving them the breathing space that they need. Now, all of that said, yes, of course, there are a few small differences with these events. So as you said earlier, they are closed to the general public. Uh, the content of their websites are really pared back for, for obvious security, security reasons. Um, uh, prisoners appear in the results under pseudonyms, um, which they then have the option of changing once they're released and they assume control of their own parkrun profile. And because prisoners don't have access to technology, uh, their results and the weekly newsletter and the content on the Parkrun blog site and the event reports and all that kind of stuff um, are printed out and displayed in a, in a common area of the prison each week um, so that um, the prisoners can get the same experience as what anybody else would of taking part in Parkrun. Um, and I guess the only other major difference really um, is to do with... Um, space so there are some courses uh, that are you know multi 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 laps um, but that actually works really well in a prison environment because um, it creates an environment where everybody can see each other so um, generally in a prison park run people are shouting out and supporting each other all the way around the course um, and I guess the other benefit really of that and this kind of reflects the way that our understanding of volunteering has evolved over time so back in the beginning, there was often a view that um, in the early days of Parkrun that courses and events should be able to operate with as few volunteers as possible. Um, whereas now we really understand, you know, the massive benefits of volunteering to an individual. So we want to create as many opportunities as possible for people to lend a hand at their local event. And so with these, you know, multi-lap prison courses, this means that we've got um, prisoners volunteering to either hand out lap bands after each lap or tick off people's laps on a clipboard or a whiteboard as they go past. And so there's even more ways for people there to get involved. Um, and I guess um, one of the things that we do try and instill in these events where possible is that, um, is that prisoners and staff gather for tea and coffee and a chat um, after the event because the feedback that we've had overwhelmingly from, um, from prison parkruns in the UK is that... Um, this opportunity is something that really helps the prisoners feel that they belong to the event. Um, and it also promotes positive relationships between everybody in the facility. So Parkrun provides an opportunity for people from different wings or different parts of the prison and different staff to interact, perhaps for the only time during the week. Um, and that has really attributed to improving the atmosphere um, in a lot of the prisons that host our events. So Glenn, I also just want to address the, the reasons why these events aren't open to the general public. You and I have both run there. So on the results table, you know, you've got over 100 or 300 runs. 
Um, and so we stand out like a sore thumb. But why can't the general park runner run at these events? So the short answer is for um, security reasons. Um, but what I think is also important to say is that um, is that you know prisons are thriving and functioning communities in their own right, um, and there are a lot of people um, in prisons who are responsible for del- delivering a whole range of different activities and services uh, for the prisoners and for the staff. Um, so you know we've had probation officers, for example, take part in Parkrun before. Um, I remember actually one instance in the UK where a probation officer was running in Parkrun one week, um, got chatting to one of the guys afterwards who was being released the following day. Turns out they were from the same village and they ran Parkrun together the following week um, in that village Parkrun. Um, we've also had, you know, prison doctors, prison nurses, um, people who work for state corrections um, who are on duty that day getting involved in the events. Um, and then, yeah, on Saturday at Durrangyle, uh, we had a couple of staff members um, who normally run at Shepparton Parkrun um, who were rostered on that day at the prison, so they took part. Um, and we also had two staff members from other prisons in the region um, who we're in discussions with at the moment about introducing a parkrun um, at some point in the future to those facilities. Um, so they came along um, and had a run with us just to get a feel for what a prison parkrun might look like. So, yes, even though it is closed to members of the general public, um, you will often get um, people who work in corrections or other other employers um, who are um, who are taking part in those events. Okay, so so far the focus has been on men's prisons and male case studies, but what about women's prisons and is there any potential out there for juvenile facilities as well? I guess at the moment all of the prisons that host park runs are men's facilities or young offender institutes for males and one of the main reasons for that is that women's facilities are a much more complex proposition so, and, and, and for a whole host of reasons. So, you know, they've got much smaller populations, um, which means that they're generally located on much smaller grounds. Um, the prisoner groups in women's prisons are much more transient than men's. Uh, and I think it's fair to say that a lot of women's facilities don't have the same culture of physical activity um, that the male estate does. So, you know, there are some really complex challenges there. Um, however, if we can overcome those, then there's a real opportunity for Parkrun to have, I think, um, an impact on women's sites. And, you know, in Australia, for example, um, yes, of course, there's a much smaller population of women prisoners, but incarceration rates amongst women are far, far outstripping that of men. So I think it's something like more than 10% per year at the moment. Um, and so there's no doubt that physical activity and volunteering, you know, can play a role in the future. And what's really encouraging is that um, in Australia already, we've had contact from a number of women's prisons um, who um, have come to us and said, look, we think at least in theory, um, a prison parkrun might work on our site. So, you know, wouldn't it be great if we could break new ground in Australia um, with a women's parkrun prison in the future? So on that note, what's next? What are the plans moving forward? So first and foremost, um, we need to get these first two events at Durrangyle and Mobilong uh, running as well as they can be. Um, And we'll be working really closely with them for the next few months because ultimately they will then become 
the mentors for other facilities around the country in the future who, um, who are getting involved with Parkrun. Um, and yes, we've had you know a significant interest from a range of other facilities of different security categories. Um, and, and we'd love to speak with any um, that want to find out more information um, and work with us to establish if if a parkrun is is suitable and sustainable for their establishment. Um, and they can email me or email Parkrun Australia to start that discussion. Um, and then I think for anybody wanting to find out um, more about um, about prison parkruns overseas to date, um, there's a huge number of articles on the Parkrun UK blog site. So you know if you go on there and just type the word prison. Um, into the search bar. There's lots of really engaging and informative material on there. Thank you, Glenn, for joining us once more to give a lot more insights to our listeners about prison park runs. It's been very educational and uh, we appreciate your time. Glenn was busy working for us, Mel, because he also managed to catch up with the general manager, Colin Thompson. And I haven't heard this. I'm keen to hear what his thoughts on the whole prison park run coming to his prison are. So let's throw to Glenn's interview with Colin Thompson. So I'm joined now by Colin Thompson, who is the general manager at HM Durrangile, uh, the first prison in the Southern Hemisphere to host a parkrun. Really exciting times. Colin, I was sitting in this room with yourself and Sean Good, who's the rec officer here, um, about three and a half months ago. Uh, it was the first prison I ever visited in Australia. Um, you guys have got in touch with me and invited me down to speak to you about the concept of parkrun and whether or not it could work in this facility. Um, obviously it has done, but when we got down here the first time, I was really surprised at the level of enthusiasm and preparedness that you guys showed um, when you first invited me down. Can you just talk me through the reasons that you thought Durham Gile would be um, a really suitable establishment for a parkrun? Yeah, first, thank Glenn, thanks for the opportunity to uh, discuss the parkrun. Um, I think the reasons initially were that um, constructive activity or healthy activity in prisons is really important to us as an organisation going forward and if you've got uh, programs such as the park run uh, embedded in your business it really provides prisoners with an opportunity um, for health and well-being for physical fitness and uh, an activity that they uh, that they enjoy on a daily basis that they can get something out of as well as I you know I think is the links back into the community once they're released uh, we're a transitional prison don't go so we um, are looking in all the time of reflecting community standards and we think this is an opportunity once they do leave this facility and get back in the community that they can join an organisation which is uh, has similar goals and um, rewards such as this. So. And Colin, how significant is it for Durrangile being the first prison to host a parkrun in the Southern Hemisphere? Oh, I think any, anything to be the, the first in anything is important, Glenn. I mean, uh, we're very proud of our organisation here. We're proud of our prison and what we do here. And this is just another great example of uh, where initially it was raised by uh, one of our senior members of staff that said, look, you know, would this, would this initiative work here at Durrangal? And uh, clearly with the planning from that day forward has, uh, has shown that there's plenty of enthusiasm, plenty of commitment from uh, not only our recreation team, but also our staff and the prisoner group. And um, yeah, it isn't significant in the, in the history of, uh, of corrections in Victoria and Australia, as well as uh, at Durrangal itself. 
And that enthusiasm you spoke about was really evident on Saturday at the launch event. Um, We had all the volunteer roles filled by prisoners. Um, We had another 30 or so prisoners walking and running around. And we had a few people from other different facilities around the state who were coming along who are park runners in their local communities, um, lending support and taking part. Um, And obviously you were taking part as well for your first park run on Saturday. Um, Can you just talk us through your experience and your observations from taking part on Saturday? Yeah, look, I think it had just all come to head. We've been planning about this now for a number of months. And uh, from my point of view, it was just great to get to the day when we get the opportunity to do it. I know our recreation team under Shorten's leadership has had a number of prisoners that have signed up. I don't think they all walked or ran on the weekend. However, there was a lot of um, spectators on the side that were keen, you know, were encouraging people to do a good job. And I reckon the next, over the next coming months and years, there's going to be a high level of participation. Yeah, you're right. I did join. I don't know about park run. It was a park walk for me, but um, it was great just to see everyone uh, being involved. The volunteers. Um, encouraging people to uh, to get on get along the, the track and to see uh, everyone involved you know as well as our external agencies you know we had people from um, from our CCS locations nearby we had staff from other prisons that come up purposely to be to run and, and run walk in it and I think that's uh, that generates some really good energy across the not just across Durham but across the whole organization. Now, of course, the event launched on Easter Saturday, um, and so we decided to do um, a formal uh, kind of launch um, announcement event today um, up here, which is why we're all sitting around the table. Um, can you talk us through um, what happened today, um, who was here, and, and why that was significant? Sure, yeah. No, we, we thought um, it was important that we do an official launch. Um, it was very difficult to do it on Easter Saturday, based around it being a long weekend and people's availability. So today, we invited our Deputy Commissioner up, um, we had our assistant commissioner, we also had our regional uh, director from Hume, as well as all our senior leadership members of at Durangal, a number of staff and uh, a significant amount of the prisoner group just came to do a official opening or launch of it uh, to talk about the importance of it from a health and wellbeing and, and physical point of view, as well as um, thanking all the key stakeholders that got involved uh, in the early days. and. Um, you know, it just shows the significance of it is when the people from from our central uh, leadership team can come up here and and speak the way they did, and and yourself and, and others that spoke today. It's uh, it's a credit to everybody, and I think it's uh, it just shows the importance of the program and uh, how great it's going to be going forward. And just finally, Colin, um, obviously now that prison park runs are up and running in Australia, um, it's generated quite a lot of interest from uh, other facilities in other states. Um, in the initial stages, have you got any advice for any of those facilities that are watching Durangile, um quite closely to see how park run plays out yeah. um, in terms of introducing park run to their own facilities and some of the benefits? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and already we've had a number of our facilities here in Victoria that have made contact with Sean and myself about how they can establish the park runs in their institutions. And that's a clear indicator that it's a, it's a program that they would uh, would enjoy and, uh, and their prisoner group would enjoy doing. Um, we will continue to do that. We'll continue to talk to them and, and get them on board because, um, again, this is like any sporting recreation activity in prisons. It's just a, another way of benefit people's health and wellbeing, uh, not just physical fitness, but also mental health and wellbeing. And, and, creating those links for the community when they when they get released. So, um, yeah, I would think in the next six or eight months there will be a number of other prisons in uh, Victoria that will be doing park runs and, uh, and having as much success and enjoying as all we have.
Scotty, you're a lay person who was there on the morning. You come from obviously a vast parkrun experience kind of standpoint. I want to know what you thought of the event on Saturday. Should I give my recap as a parkrunner? Well, well, let's just explain the reasons why I was there, first of all. As, as we know, I'm an employee of Parkrun Australia. So for me to get an understanding of how these prison-based events are going to work and how we're going to communicate them and, and the strategy behind them, I think I needed to experience them for myself. Because there's one thing, we often tell people this, just go to a parkrun. I could talk about it forever and a day, but you've just got to go to experience it to see for yourself what it is that makes a parkrun so special. So for me, it was I needed to go to this prison parkrun to get my head around why we're doing it and what are the benefits to the wider community, the, the prisoners, the prison guards, everybody involved in this project. So it was, it was really beneficial to go there on the weekend. Um, and my role on the morning was that I thought, I'll really immerse myself. I wasn't going to prejudge any of the, the prisoners, any of the participants on the morning. I was just going to go along and treat it like any parkrun morning, have a chat to everybody I could, and I tried to. I tried to get around to everyone who was there, get to find out their story, get to find out how they experienced parkrun. So I ran with a couple of the prisoners throughout the run. They were very forthcoming in telling me their story, some of the reasons why they were in there, how long they had to go, and, and really how much they were looking forward to getting out and maybe experiencing parkrun when they do get out. So I think that's what it's all about, giving them something. Because at the end of the day, Mel, these prisoners, however, whatever your opinion is of them and what crime they've done, they're getting out. They're getting out into, back into society because they've done their time. And I think it's better that um, these people have experienced parkrun and, and want to get along and in, continue enjoying parkrun forever and a day. So, Help them transition. Yep. Yep. Okay. So there's my, there's my review. Remember the days when we didn't get any roving reports, Mel? They were just weeks ago, Scotty. <laughs> was it really? Okay. Well, it's back again. No, no roving reports. There was just so many last week. That uh, people just thought that's enough. Everybody got excited. They went out and had adventures on the tail end of our Palm 19 adventure. Yeah. Now, you know what it was? It was Easter. It was the Easter weekend. Everyone was on holidays, including the Channel 5 news crew. Which is okay. They're entitled to have a little bit of R&R every now and again. Absolutely. But just for one week only, because there's this big gap in our podcast now. Where if you don't get raving reports to us... Exactly. That's what R and R stands for, guys. Like, literally, next week. That's what you're getting for R and R roving reports. Please and thank you. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, Mel's going to talk about Game of Thrones and I'm going to talk about the NFL draft coming up. And we all know which one of those is going to be more interesting. Yes. It's, that, it's the same time of year where we put it to our listeners. As much as it didn't rate very highly in the Perlustration, <laughs> the Game of Thrones and, and uh, NFL talk. But, you know, there is there is the movie season upon us and I have been catching up on superhero movies. So if you want to hear about the Marvel Universe, I'm also your gal. Okay. I think I'm leaning more towards hearing about Game of Thrones now. 
when you but, when you're given but, the choice between the two, you mean? Yeah, okay. pretty much. Well, I you know what you know what would bring me back to the movies, Mel? Tell me, Scotty. It's our, it's our long, often talked about park run the movie. We're going to do it. The Netflix original, starring Patrick no, Dempsey and no. Alison Hannigan. No, I've given up on Netflix. Oh, okay. I'm, we're just going straight to the box office. Ah, okay. <laughs> because we're going to do so much better there. Yep, but that's the only thing that will get me back in the movie theatres at this stage. Park run the movie. Well, I think that's a sad state of affairs, Scotty. Surely there's going to be a movie Not out there fault. for you that doesn't make you fall asleep halfway through. I put the challenge to Hollywood. Come up with it. Now, let's let's do what we always do is talk about launches and anniversaries because we've got a couple of new events this week, which always excites us. We do. It's nice to have you guys join us. And they're both trails. Mm. Grand Ridge Rail Trail in the Greater State. Victoria. And Yeldalkney Weir Trail in South Australia. Hey, you know what's really cool about this one? It's the name? Well, yeah, that's cool too. But it's it's on one side of the peninsula in SA and it's it's the side that's far away from a lot of the other park runs. So if you want to drive there, it takes something silly like nine or ten hours because you can't drive through water. You've got to go all the way up to the top and then come all the way back down. Yeah. But to um, get there for one of the uh, recce's, the event ambassadors, well, one the event ambassador who's allocated to the event, and he took a couple of other um, park run experienced park runners slash event ambassadors with him. He took his light aircraft and just popped over in twenty five minutes because he's also oh, a really? pilot. That's his job. So he just borrowed a plane from work. How cool is that? Yeah, that is cool. You know, on uh, With Me Now, they've been losing their mind over this park run at an airfield. Well, because... We've been doing it. We've been doing it for trials. <laughs> yeah, we we don't need to wait and just show up on park, on park run day. That's These are the kind of um, facilities we provide to our event ambassadors in Australia. We just let them go, you know. They can take planes wherever they want. <laughs> About time. About bloody time. It would be cool to arrive at a park run in a plane, though. So they're doing that for the launch this weekend, do you know? Um, I do, I do not know, actually. I haven't had that conversation. It's possible. I guess we'll find out. Mm. Put it on the socials. Let everybody go crazy. Meanwhile, it is the Uber weekend of anniversaries this weekend. Um, coming on the... First anniversary, I guess, of our one of our big initiatives with one of our major sponsors in Australia, where we launched a lot of events in a lot of states all on one weekend last year. That was last year, right? It wasn't the year before. No, it was definitely no, last year. Yeah. It was last year. It was a big Saturday. And so there's a long list of anniversaries to get through. So pay attention, people. There's a quiz at the end. Yes. We want to know where the states are for all of these. This is going to take a really big breath because. I don't have a lot of lung capacity at the moment and I'm finding it difficult to deliver pre-run briefs, let alone alone just talking for this long, Scotty. But I'll I'll start us off, shall I? Go for it. So we've got Ararat in Victoria. Oh, that's it? Well, this is the part where you jump in. We go one and one about, remember? I thought you were just going to go through a few, but okay. 
Uh, Bellarive in Tasmania. Clare Valley in South Australia. Emerald, Queensland. Gainsborough Greens in Queensland. Ginandera from the ACT. Goolwa in South Australia. Kununurra, WA. Lilydale Lake in Victoria. Moana in South Australia. Mount Ainsley in the ACT. <sighs> Ocean Grove in Victoria. Well, what was the big sigh for? You, you're running out of puff already. Yes. Picton in New South Wales. Queenbean in New South Wales. Not the ACT. Don't let anybody tell you any different. They're definitely in New South Wales. They are. Rockingham in WA. Sale in Victoria. And Stones Corner in Queensland. Happy anniversary to all those events. I, I didn't count them, but that's got to be more than two hands worth. All right, Scotty. Well, we could spend the next 10 minutes just um, stuffing around and talking about nonsense, but, you know, people got places to be, things to do. Shall we leave it there for this week? I think people want nonsense. You think people want nonsense? I think people want nonsense, but we're not going to give it to them because you're you're tired. I'm, I'm afraid you might slip off into a nap when I start talking about my nonsense. So you're right. Let's wrap it up. Episode 154, all about the prisons. I don't know. Is that going to inspire you? What's that going to inspire you to do, Mel? I don't know. <laughs> What's it going to inspire me to do? Well, I'm certainly not going to commit a crime to um, – attend a prison parkrun, I can tell you that much. Uh, however, it, it does inspire me that parkrun are pushing the boundaries in Australia and um, looking at new creative ways to engage people who otherwise could not be engaged in parkrun events. It's a new adventure. 